Welcome to Finding Myself Through Obesity podcast. Come with me on my journey to discovering how to lose 150 pounds a whole new way. We can learn how to truly connect with our souls. We can uncover layers of beliefs that aren't serving us anymore so that we can let go of the weight for good. Welcome to Finding Myself Through Obesity podcast. My name is Alicia Black, and today we are going to be talking about emotional weight. I talked about finding a new way of getting healthy in my last podcast episode. And I have tried the diet route, and I know where that leads me. And since losing my weight and then gaining it all back and going through so much shame and depression, I really never want to do that again. It caused me to be scared to even try to lose weight ever again. But I know that I can't live my life being scared about getting healthy anymore because I don't want to have this big body. So I need to figure this out. I wanted to break down the issues I think that I need to deal with in order to move on to a healthier life and to be able to let go of the emotional weight so that I can ultimately let go of the physical weight too. So I'm going to read off a few of the areas that I feel like I am lacking in. And I want you to think about the things that you feel you're lacking in your life emotionally. Just areas that you feel like could be more satisfactory or could feel more fulfilling. While I'm going through my list, I want you to think about what your list is. So the first thing that I feel like I need to look into is my childhood issues. What was the younger me lacking? And what are the beliefs that I gained from that experience? And then number two is people-pleasing and codependency issues. Number three, my relationships, especially the connection I have with my husband. Number four, I stopped dreaming. I was constantly stuck in the past, being a victim and not having a vision of the future anymore. Number five, I struggle with being honest with myself and taking responsibility for my life, which includes learning to step into my own power. Number six, learning to deal with negative emotions without judgment, guilt, and shame. Number seven, I'm always stuck in scarcity mindset especially around money. Number eight, I want to dive into my connection with God and my soul. And number nine, learning self-love and what does it really mean to love yourself. And number 10, being able to let go of expectations of what I thought my life would and should look like. I am sure that there are more issues that are going to come up for me, but as for now, this is what my heart is telling me to look at. I'd like to uncover the real issues to why I'm wanting to escape with food so that the true healing can happen. And I would like to take some time to break down each one of these in different episodes. First of all, I'm going to start with number one, which is childhood issues. As I'm going through my experiences, I would like you to think about the experiences that have an emotional charge in your memory. So I've been doing a lot of Joe Dispenza's meditations, and he talks about when we have an experience with a really strong emotion, the brain takes a snapshot, like a picture. When we are young, we aren't taught how to deal with certain situations, and so we feel like we have to survive in a way, and then sometimes we will pick up beliefs that don't serve us long term. And so I want to just talk about my childhood. I look back at my childhood as amazing. I have so many good memories with my family, and I feel like we are a really close and loving family. I was number five of seven kids, and I know I was born into this family because I needed to have this exact experience to become who I was meant to be. 
Looking at what I was taught in my home, I only remember a few experiences that have come up for me as indicators that I may need to look a little deeper into the issue. So I noticed first off that I was not raised to be a strong, independent woman. I'm sure this wasn't intentional, but I did believe I needed a man to follow and to take care of me. I believe that my dad knew everything. I was told that if I would just listen to him and do what he tells me, then I would be happy. And so I did. I learned to do as I'm told and then I would be loved. And I did feel loved. I knew exactly what I needed to do to get my dad's love and affection. And I got good at manipulating the situation to make me look good too. I was daddy's little princess and he was my perfect prince. When I was a little girl, this really worked for me. My dad and I were really, really close. But when I got married, it did not. And I will go into details about that in a later episode where I talk about my relationship with my husband. Just to go back to my dad and what he said about listening to him, I can totally understand because I felt the exact same way with my kids. As parents, we don't want to watch our kids suffer. We want to help them avoid all the pitfalls. And it is correct that parents can see a bigger perspective than the kids see because they have more experience. But I feel like the learning and the growth we develop in making decisions, whether they're right or wrong, help us find out who we really are. And I didn't know who I was. I just knew who I needed to be in order to be loved. I was taught to not speak my mind if it hurt someone's feelings. That was something that my dad would always get upset at us for. I remember a time when I was about seven years old when my dad punished me for speaking my mind. He grabbed me, kicked me in the butt, and sent me straight to my room. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but it had to do with something I said to my mom that made her feel bad. So my dad sent me to my room, and I was just heartbroken because he was everything to me, and I didn't want to upset him. But he came down and talked to me a few minutes later, and we discussed why he was upset, what I did wrong, and most importantly, he made sure that I knew that he loved me. We hugged, and all was right in the world again. So in that moment, I learned that all I need to do was not tell people how I feel if it hurts their feelings. So I also was a little performer. My family is a musical family, and we did a lot of singing and performing. And I was naturally gifted singer. And as a little performer, I got a lot of attention. I think this hindered me a lot because with very little effort, it fed me so much attention externally. And I also got a lot of attention from my parents when I was performing, doing plays or doing pageants, which was feeding my need to be in the spotlight. Because remember, I do have six siblings. But when I wasn't performing and we were in our everyday life, I felt like I was lacking. If I wasn't the center of attention, then who was I? I felt like I was too needy. I needed all of the attention. I needed to be the favorite, and I probably was a lot for my mom to take time for. So because of my talents, I never learned how to internally find my value. I never really had to. I got more attention than the average person would get without really trying. I wanted to talk a little bit about my mom. My mom is really amazing. She is very talented and always busy doing something amazing. She had seven kids, had her own business. My dad was a bishop for our church, and so he was gone a lot. And I can't even imagine what she was going through. But as a little girl, I really didn't understand that, being somebody that needed all the attention. I remember a few specific times where I felt like I needed more from my mom. And one time I was at the bus stop and I called my mom and at the end of the conversation I said, okay, bye mom, I love you. And she said, bye, and quickly hung up. I remember feeling devastated and cried and called her back 
saying, Mom, why didn't you say I love you back to me? Don't you love me? And I laugh now because she was probably right in the middle of something and had to quickly hang up. But to me as a little girl, I just felt like she didn't have enough time for me. Another experience was when I was swimming at a pool at a condo that my aunt was renting. And I remember wanting my mom to watch me and pay attention to me. But she was talking to my aunt and she wasn't looking at me, wasn't paying attention to me. And so I came up with this amazing plan. I was going to pretend that I'm drowning and then she was going to save me. It was perfect. I'm laughing now because why would she think I was drowning if I wasn't really drowning? Anyways, back to the story. I would go under the water, hold my breath for as long as I could, floating to the top, trying to look desperate, but no one saved me. It really is a pretty funny story now that I think about it. As I got older, my mom and I were best friends and she's always been there for me. And so I think this is kind of interesting that I'm looking back to these few emotional moments that I just felt like people weren't seeing me, weren't paying attention to me, and also knowing that I was too much. One of the funny things about my mom being so busy is that when I had my kids, I didn't want to be too busy for them. And so I went the other extreme and probably did way too much for them. But that's how it goes, right? I guess the question is, who was I? I didn't really know who I was. As a little girl, I identified as a singer. I was a good girl. I'm happy. I never get angry. I just do what I'm told. I never wanted to fail. I wanted to stay in the safe zone. And I just wanted to feel loved all the time. I always felt like I was too needy and I had to try not to need so much. So now that I thought about those things and I feel so blessed because I know so many people had really hard childhoods And I'm really lucky that these are the only experiences, most of my memories, 95% of my memories are amazing and positive and happy. And so I'm really grateful to my parents for that. But there are a few things that I did learn as a child that I want to let go of that belief and put in a new one. So the beliefs that don't work for me anymore are number one, I need a man to take care of me. Number two, I cannot say how I feel if it hurts someone's feelings. Number three, I'm too needy. Number four, my value depends on how much attention I'm getting or on external factors like performing. Number five, it is everyone else's job to love me and not my own. Number six, I don't want to be a leader for myself because I might make a mistake and that could cause me not to be loved. So I will just do as I'm told. Number seven, I can't trust my own feelings. I need someone else to tell me how to feel and what to do so I don't get in trouble. And now that I did those, and I would challenge you listeners to do the same thing, write down the beliefs that you got from these little experiences when we're children and we're just trying to survive. First of all, is that something that's serving you now as an adult? And if it's not, let's think about the new beliefs that we'd rather have. So here's the new beliefs. Number one, I don't need a man to take care of me because I am capable of taking care of myself. Number two, I am not responsible for others' feelings. Number three, maybe there isn't such a thing as too needy. Maybe each of our needs are trying to tell us something. So if we need something, listen to that. Number four, my value doesn't ever change. Number five, I find my value internally, not depending on others. Number six, I want to be a leader. Making mistakes is part of the journey and my opinion is valued. And number seven, trust your feelings. 
you already have the answers inside of you. So I want to challenge each of my listeners to journal about your own childhood experiences. As children, our brains develop ways to survive experiences that might seem scary or unsafe. And a lot of times we continue those ways into adulthood, even if they are not helping us survive anymore. So what experiences have had an impact in your mind? What beliefs were you taught that no longer serve you as an adult? I would love for you to look into inner child healing also. It is so amazing. I've had some wonderful experiences emotionally bonding with the little Alicia inside of me. You can look up YouTube videos if you want a guided healing and they can be really powerful. One of the things that you can do is just going back to your childhood in a place that you were emotional. Close your eyes, take a couple deep breaths and try to picture the little you in front of you. So your eyes are closed, you're picturing your environment, you're picturing what they look like, where are you at, and look them in the eyes and see what they are telling you that they need. The way we can heal is that we give our little selves exactly what we need. We can give them the words that they need. We can comfort them with our hugs. We can tell them everything that they always wanted to hear from somebody else. And then at the end, you just hug that little child and she can melt into you and she becomes part of you. Another one that my mentor just told me about is she said that we can actually play with our inner child. It's the same thing. You close your eyes, take a deep breath, picture your self as a young age doing something fun where you're not being controlled and you're just being creative and fun and playful and have a moment where you're actually playing with your younger self. Just look in their eyes, see what they're trying to tell you. See how they feel just having someone be there with them. Give them the words of encouragement and support and advice that you always wish that you had heard as a little girl. And then again, give her a hug and she turns into you. And it's really powerful. So next week, we will dive into my people-pleasing and codependency issues. This has been so therapeutic to dive deeper into all of these different topics, and I'm excited to see what else I learn. So if any of my listeners need any support on this journey, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on here or on my social media. I don't want you to feel alone because we are on this journey together. We will talk to you next week.